Hello and welcome back to uh, Let's All Laugh At, the football podcast that thrives at the expense of someone else. I'm George, I'm joined by Dan and Johnny this week. How are you guys doing? Yeah man, not bad. Not bad at all. Yourself? I'm alright, yeah. I'm getting quite excited for the new season if I'm being honest, because it's just around the corner. A little apprehensive as well, but I'm sure we'll get to that. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I'm all good as well, cheers. Yeah, awesome. So, let's get started with the Charity Shield on Saturday. The first bit of, well, it's not technically competitive football, but... I guess you could say Premier League football since the end of the season. And it was both of your sides, Arsenal and Liverpool, going head-to-head. Ended 1-1 after extra time with Arsenal going through on penalties. So, yeah, what did, the two, what did the two of you make of it? I must admit, I was really impressed with Arsenal. I, I was thinking Liverpool would be too strong for us. Um, I thought they'd be really up for it. But um, I must, we, we dominated the game for large periods. I mean, when they scored, of course, um, they got back into the game and it got a little bit airy. But I thought, overall, I thought we played really well. I thought we defended really well. I mean, El Nenny, where's he been? Jesus Christ, it was unbelievable. But no, I was, I was quite impressed. I know, I mean, it's one of them things, isn't it, the Community Shield? If you, if you win it, it's, it's a nothing thing. But if you don't win it, that's like a mark-up for your season, isn't it? So it's, I'm happy to win it, of course, it's a trophy. But um, I'm sure if, if, when we play Liverpool again, um, it, won't, it might be a little bit different. Yeah, similar, obviously. Obviously not overly concerned that we didn't win it. Because I went last year and we didn't win it then. And we had a decent season, so... Yeah, really to say the least. <laughs> doesn't really bother me in truth. And especially this year, given given the bizarre pre-season everyone's having, it was so much more of a friendly game this year, even than it has been previously. And I, I can't wait for friendly anyway, but this year in particular. Because I think we played two matches, I think Arsenal, Arsenal played one. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, a complete friendly. But yeah, it was a pretty even game. I felt like... Had the game have been 10 minutes longer, we'd have probably scored. We were dominating by that point. We missed Trent, Trent Alexander-Arnold. We missed Jordan Henderson more, probably. Yeah, not overly concerned about it, if I'm honest. Um, looking forward to the season now, though. Oh, yeah, same here. Can't wait. Yeah, definitely can share that sentiment, as I've already said. Dan, a lot was made of, during the game, Neko Williams, I remember, was trending on Twitter at the time <laughs> during the game. A lot was made of his performances. A lot of fans weren't that impressed. And then, obviously, there's been a lot of talk about Ryan Brewster as well. You know, so whether he'll go on loan, whether we'll stay for his place in the first team. Klopp definitely seems to rate him. So, it, what, what, what would you say is the sort of situation you are where you are with the youth players at this point? Because you haven't made that many signings. So... Is it a case that you'll be re- relying more on them? And if you are, then how many of them can you actually see cementing their place this year? Yeah, that's a really interesting one. I think Nico Williams is going to be used as backup to Trent. So there's no doubt about that. And he was poor on Saturday. There's no, there's no getting around that. But he has been really good prior to that as well when he's come in. He played a couple of games towards the back end of the season. He was actually really impressive. So one performance, I'm not going to be too critical. As for Brewster, he's actually definitely going to stay, I think, now. I think Klopp's basically said, because he wasn't sure. I think he's now said he's going to stay for the first half of the season, at least, um, until January, and then we'll assess them. Uh, he's scored goals at every level he's played at. Obviously, he hasn't played at the top level yet, i.e. the Premier League, so we'll see, I suppose. But prior to now, he has scored all the time. He was top goal scorer in the Under-17s World Cup, and then he got 10 for Swansea, so... Yeah, it's promising. And generally, for the youth players, listen, none of them are going to cement the place as such because they're going to be used as squad players and rotation. But I do think we're going to see a lot of like Curtis Jones and Nico Williams like as a backup to Trent, like I say. And 
I think we should keep Booster because currently the only option we have when things aren't going to plan is Origi, who's worked in the past, but I would like us to keep Booster just to have that that backup option, if you like. But yeah, listen, the Nico Williams thing, like I'll refer back to, he wasn't very good, but so be it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's. I mean, that's the thing with young players is sometimes you can. It's a fine balance between looking at them and saying, "Well, they're young; they've still got to learn," and you know, mm. making sure that they're actually good enough as well. I mean, you look at the likes of Everton with Tom Davis, you know, an academy yeah. graduate, and I know a lot of their fans aren't too satisfied with him, no, as as we've now, yeah, as we yeah. talked yeah, as we've talked about before on the show. With, when it comes to Brewster, I, I know he's been linked with he's been linked with a move to us yeah, and a couple other clubs. Yeah, pretty much everyone. I think yeah. I think us and Sheffield United were probably the strongest links. Yeah. Uh, but apparently they would ask you were going to ask about 25 million, which we certainly can't afford. And I don't think there's I think the loan is the best we could hope for. But if Klopp wants to keep him, then I think the comparison to Origi is interesting because I think that they're probably about the same sort of quality at this point in time. But obviously, Brewster is much younger and has the potential to go on to yeah. do much more. So I think prioritising him over Origi is definitely the smart move because you definitely got uses out. As Liverpool fans, we've we've known about Brewster for a long time, coming up through the ranks, and mm-hmm. he scored, like I said, like I referred to, a lot of goals. And he had a really bad injury about eighteen months ago now, which stopped his progress quite a lot. But up until that point, he was the next big thing. So it'd be interesting to see, you know, if he gets a bit of game time, what he can do. But yeah, I'm glad we're keeping him anyway, just to see. Yeah, yeah I mean, totally. I, 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 I really like Brewster. I must admit. I mean, the penalty. I mean, it was he did it yeah. unlucky because he hits it so well. I mean, if he, yeah, if, he, if, if he keeps it down, it's a great penalty. He's, he's yeah. lucky, really. And I, I'm a massive fan of him, to be fair. And yeah, he, he'll be a star. I think he'll get a decent run of games at Liverpool. I hope he does because we always like to see young players get a chance. And uh, I, I like him. I mean, of course, I liked him a little bit more when he missed the penalty, of course. <laughs> but, but he's a good player. <laughs> he's a, he's a good player. And um, I, I did feel for him. He took some balls to take the penalty as well. I know there's no fans there. I know it wasn't a massively competitive game. But yeah. as a sub, as a young lad, I'm not... How old is he? Is he only 19, 20? 20. 20. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's still a young lad. He, he didn't even take a penalty in that, that sort of game. It takes a little bit of balls to do that. And um, I'm sure when there's a penalty again, he'll be, he'll go, he'll be first, put his name down first, I reckon. Yeah, definitely. I suppose putting a similar question to you, Johnny, particularly with the manager you have, Arteta, who's very much built around using youngsters a lot more. I mean, we saw the likes of Willock, Reese Nelson, obviously Saka has started again. He's hit the ground running. Eddie and Ketty have started. Can you see? I mean, well, where's as a, from the Arsenal perspective? What's the what's the youth perspective in Arsenal like? Well, I mean, so our, our youngsters have played really well. I mean, Bianco Saka has been unbelievable. I'm delighted to have, um, to have him, to be honest. And Maitland-Niles as well. He's still a really young lad. He's only 22. I mean, Willock has impressed me a lot. He gets a lot of stick from Arsenal fans. But then again, every player in an Arsenal show gets stick from an Arsenal fan. <laughs> <laughs> Real weird Especially bunch. on this show. Real weird bunch, honestly, us Arsenal fans. I mean, Enketia was, was trending on Twitter as well on Saturday. And people were slagging him off. And, I, you know, he didn't play fantastically well but he didn't play awfully I thought he had that one chance it was a good save as well to be fair yeah well, um, yeah uh, it's looking bright at from the youngsters I must admit I mean if you look at Martinelli I know he's not through the academy Martinelli but uh, we've got a lot, a lot of young a lot of young youngsters that sounds silly to say doesn't it <laughs> <laughs> no I think it's, the, the future's bright and um, Arteta he's, he's not afraid to throw these young players in and you know you look at the players like your, your Mesut Ozil's who I still don't know what he's doing I thought it was funny his tweet the other day, Mesut Ozil. It was seven years since he signed, and you do it all over again. Venga, yes. I mean, is he writing his own tweets or someone else doing it for him? Because uh, it doesn't make any sense. But 
yeah, I'd say the future's bright at Arsenal. Um, I, I, love, I really I love Arteta and what he's doing. Um, he's he's transformed a few players uh, that were probably not good enough under uh, under um, Emery. Um, Maitland Niles. I mean, I'm, I think we're going to keep him now. Um, mm. Hopefully, because um, I think Bellerin is, is off to PSG by all accounts. But the future's bright at Arsenal. I'm looking forward to the new season. Yeah, because of course you had a bid rejected by Wolves for for Maitland Niles reportedly. So yeah, it would be. There's definitely. I, I I like him personally. I mean, there was there was talk if there was a if there was a potential Zaha deal, then fan a lot of fans wanted Maitland Niles to come the other way. Not on loan, because then we wouldn't be able to sign him. But he is definitely a good player. So in contrast to Dan, who's not too worried about the start, his start to the season, given that it's a friendly. Uh, on the opposite side, are you more encouraged by this? Yeah, of course. I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm, again, I know it wasn't a, a massively competitive game, but I like what Arteta's doing is getting that winning mentality. You know, win, win, win every game. You know, it doesn't matter if it's a friendly, it doesn't matter. Just go go along and win it and play, the, play football. And, um, you know, I was a little bit worried on Saturday. Um, I was thinking, oh, I never will be up for this. But um, I thought we kind of carried on where we left off against Chelsea in the, in the, in the final, the FA Cup final. And I thought we played really well. I thought, I mean, without Aubameyang, of course, I don't know where we'd be. I think we'd be, I think we'd be in League Two without him, to be honest. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I thought we played really well. Um, and Arteta, he's always, he's always shouting on the touchline. He gets, he, for me, I think the players feed off his energy as well because he's always always on the touchline. He's always giving encouragement in different languages as well. The players understand him. <laughs> and yeah, I think it's, it, I'm looking forward to the new season. Uh, I'm not saying we're going to be winning the league or anything like that. But I, I think we can definitely, definitely aim for that top four. I mean, the signings that we've got, we've got a difficult start. I mean, we've got Fulham first game and then we've got Leeds. We've got Liverpool, we've got Man City. We're, every, we're everyone first, I think. But um, yeah, hopefully uh, we can start off with a win, hopefully. Yeah, so segueing into that, obviously there's not too much big news this week so the best place to segue into is transfers and we talked about Arsenal last week and about Gabriel they finally finally confirmed by the club after all this yeah. time and also talks of Ceballos coming back on loan from Real Madrid oh yeah I mean Ceballos it took him a while to get in like to get into the groove at Arsenal maybe sideways passing but towards the end after the lockdown he really came into his own and um it was integral to um to us winning the FA Cup and Played really well. Delighted to have him if he comes back. And obviously, Gabriel, I must admit, I don't know much about him. Hopefully, he's better than the other Gabriel we got a few years ago. Because <laughs> <laughs> he was terrible. No, man, he was bad, yeah. Yeah, he was terrible. Oh, that was terrible. Gives me nightmares, that does. But yeah, Gabriel, I mean, he's only young as well, but he's he looks so casting. You can watch YouTube, can't you? You can, you can see videos of these players. But uh, YouTube has this amazing talent of making every player look good on YouTube. I look good on YouTube, to be honest. Mm. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's going to be OK, hopefully. Back four is looking better. I mean, if you had Maitland-Niles, Saliba, Gabriel and, and Tierney, that's, that's not a bad back four. It's better than Mustafi. Well, even Mustafi, to be fair, he's improved. But yeah, um, if we can get a Bamiyang next, just get him to sign that new deal. It'll be a, I'll be a very, very happy Arsenal fan. It'll be, a, it'll be great business if we can get that done. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the Bellerin one is a bit of a weird one, isn't it? Because the PSG thing, because, you know, he was... He was one of your more highly rated players for a long time and then just sort of petered out at the end. So Yeah, yeah, he did. I think he's had that bad injury, didn't he? And um mm. he's he's lost that lot that he's lost that yard of pace, I think. Um He was rapid, wasn't he, for a he while? Was, he was so quick, it was unbelievable. Like, he could yeah. give him four yards and he and he would be he could still catch him. That injury I think it might slow him down a little bit and um if he goes to PSG I think he'll you know, he he'll tear it up out there because it's not the best league in the world and I think he'll be amazing. I'll be glad to see him go because he's been Arsenal for so long. He's only 25. 
But um, if they give us a ridiculous offer, like 25, 30 million, you can't really turn that down. Um, not like we're spending money on Gabriel and Sabayas and, you know, I'll be glad to see him go. But, you know, Maitland-Niles is coming to his own, isn't he? Do you think he'll play right back then, Maitland-Niles? I think that's where he's going to be. I, I think so. I think that's where he wants to be. I know, you know he was playing as a, a right, right winger. He plays over the place anyway, really. Well, apparently he said that he, he actually prefers playing um, right wing, but I, I think he's a better defender, to be honest. I think he's a really good defender. Um, but, I mean, yeah, hopefully he can nail that spot down. But um, I'm a massive fan of Maitland. I was really happy he got caught up for the England squad as well. It can be quite detrimental, can't it? You know, when you play loads of positions because no one quite knows where you play. Yeah, it can, it can almost act as a bad thing. It's good that you're versatile, but for so long, at some point, you've got to nail down one spot. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of like a like a like a Theo Walcott really. Like he wanted to be a winger or wanted to be a striker, or whatever. But um, yeah. he, he, he always played out on the wing because because of his pace. And he would he play on the play on the wing. But um, yeah, he kind of I think that's the reason why Walcott wasn't as high a goal scorer for Arsenal as he probably should have been. He was played, maybe played in the wrong position, and he was always offside as well. Yeah, the same with Oxley James as well. well they had him at right wing back for a while. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and he's you know these these boys they will play anywhere for the manager, but I think because I think some of them are too nice, I believe. I think they just they 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 want to they want to be they want to make the manager happy and help the team out, but really they should be like I don't want to play here because that's not my yeah. natural position. But yeah. it, you know if you want to play play for these top clubs, you'll play anywhere, won't you? Yeah, I mean we might as well touch on that. Because since the last podcast, Gareth Southgate has very much made us look like mugs. Uh, yeah. Both Jack Grealish and Connor Cody being called up to England alongside Maitland-Niles, as he said. I think he listened, to be honest. I think he. Yeah. <laughs> he's at these boys up there talking about. And he's One like, of the four <laughs> listens on Spotify, I think it was, was Gareth Southgate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, it's good to. It's definitely good to see them up, and hopefully, I mean, it's one thing getting called up. But hopefully, they actually get some minutes as well, because then they might actually get repeated calls up, because I think they do deserve it. But yeah, as as for Liverpool, uh, Dan, it's gone quite quiet on your end. I mean, the Thiago stuff has has died down a bit, although there is definitely still reported interest, apparently. It, it, it has died down in in one sense, but in another sense, it's really escalated. Mm. So the actual Thiago to Liverpool links have subdued a little bit, but the Genie Mine album to Barcelona links have escalated. Yeah. Um, and it's those links that make the Thiago deal more possible in a roundabout sort of way. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, they're both central midfielders and in a lot of ways do half a similar job. And there's a lot of talk when the Thiago stuff started that Wijnaldum would have to make way for that deal to happen. And not only monetary-wise, but also in a positional sense. Um, and that looks like it could potentially be happening. So, obviously, yeah. Koeman's gone in at Barca and he wants the reunion, the Dutch reunion with Wijnaldum. So Wijnaldum, in his last year of his contract as well for Liverpool, could be on his way to the new Camp, which would give us, because Liverpool, as good as we've been for the past however long it is, um, still only really, we have to sell players to buy players, it seems. So we are looking, it looks like we're going to sell Wijnaldum potentially before we have the money to buy Thiago. So I'd, I'd be gutted to see Wijnaldum go if that does happen, but I do also really want Thiago. If there's one player that can make Liverpool even better, it's definitely Thiago. He can, he can yeah. I mean, Van Alden, I mean, if you're a Newcastle fan, you must be, must be sick. Because how can he go and be so bad for us? Then go join Liverpool, play really well, and then go Barcelona. I know. Well, what was yeah. it last year? Van Alden and Sissoko both playing in the Champions League final. It's just mental. <laughs> oh, crazy. It's, 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 it's weird on Van Alden because 
he's kind of restricted in what he can do for Liverpool. I've said on here before, we don't let him play what seems to be his natural game because when he goes away for Holland, he scores goals. And he doesn't really do that. One game we let him bomb forward against Barcelona, he scores. But we never let him do that generally. Um, but I agree with Thiago. As much as I think he's similar to Wijnaldum, he's got a range of passing that Wijnaldum doesn't have. So yeah. it's quite exciting. Yeah, definitely. Your opinion, I want your opinion on, on Naby Keita. Because he, he, he played quite well, he played quite badly on Saturday. I just, I think, I think he's got all talent in the world, Naby Keita, but he hasn't really set the world alight, has he? Yeah, Liverpool. Not at all, no. We expected a lot, but do you know what? I think I think the expectations were partly because we signed him the year before we got him. Yeah, that's probably it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so we were all really excited for his arrival. Like Normally you have like a week to wait, you know, when the rumours start, but we had like a year to yeah. wait for him. So it was so heightened by the time he got here. And he has struggled at times, but also he's done some really good things. Yeah. And he was a lot better. He wasn't great on Saturday, but he was a lot better after the lockdown yeah. without the crowds. So I'm expecting him to have a big role, actually, this year, to be honest. Yeah, he can play. Because he carries the ball Yeah, he's a good player, to be fair. I mean, he can shoot as well. That's the thing. For Leipzig, he was... Um, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I don't he think did. He scored a lot of goals. Yeah, I think he'll improve it. I think he'll improve this season, no doubt. Yeah, I do. I think this will be a big year for him, to be honest, because he was poor. He was poor last season, no doubt about it, on the main. Like, so. But yeah, I'm quite excited to see how he does, to be honest. I think he'll have much more of an influential role. Mm. Yeah, hopefully. I hope it's a, good, it's a good run of games that can get him that, get him back yeah. to that form. But it is a weird one with the Wijnaldum thing, like you said, because I think... I think most Liverpool fans probably would take Thiago over Wijnaldum if you offered it to them. But at the same time, it's not strictly an upgrade either. But I also think, it, like you say, it would be more beneficial for him because when he's at Holland, he does score and he's playing under the same manager. So yeah. it is it is a move that makes sense for all parties. So, I mean, we've seen that a lot this window where, all of, you know, it was quite slow to begin with and all of a sudden one player moves and then it's a domino effect. We've yeah. seen that throughout the last week especially. So that'll probably happen with Liverpool as well. I can see that being the case. And also, Klopp spoke the other day, and this window was so prolonged, and it's such a weird closed season that we're involved in. Klopp essentially hinted at potentially more arrivals. Normally, we get business done quite quickly, but everything's so strange this year. I wouldn't be surprised if we left it later than normal. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I suppose moving on to my club, Crystal Palace, we've had... Both at well, we had a busy week and not so busy week at the same time. Um, there's been a lot of talk around us. The main one has been Conor Gallagher uh, on loan from Chelsea. Mm. Hasn't been announced yet, but is is due to. I think it's a combination of number one, Chelsea want to tie him down to a new contract. He's out of contract at the end of the season, and also he's away with the England under 23s, so on the 21s, whichever one it is. So I mean, there's that we can't we can't film an announcement or anything like that like what we normally do. So I imagine once all that's done, he'll be announced. I mean, I'm seeing yeah. reliable. Yeah, I'm seeing reliable reports saying it's happened. That's good enough for me. I don't see any reason not to believe it. We've got a bunch more rumours as well. There's one that's just come out today about uh, Brazilian forwards. Evan Evan Ilson. Can't pretend I don't even I don't I know who he is. I haven't even watched any YouTube clips of him. So <laughs> because it's only just broke today. But um, CPFC Brazil, the past Brazilian account, because apparently there is one, uh, seems to rate him quite highly. Apparently the deal would be that um, he'll be loaned back to his club Fluminense for the for the coming season. So he can I think that's a smart move. Let him develop a bit more because he's clearly a long term signing. And apparently you won't be able to get a work permit till after then as well. So because apparently there's a deal with with the deal that the Premier League are trying to make with the FA, it will enable obviously because of the whole Brexit thing it will enable clubs from outside uh, players from outside the EU to become a lot more affordable and that's, we're very much factoring that into our 
transfer strategy we were trying to establish a whole new network in south america and this is a result of that obviously we had the keeper lucas perry from sao paulo on loan a while back but that we didn't end up keeping him in the end but that was very much the start of it and then the whole just recently just before the show came on as well the whole alex sorloth scenario which we talked about before yeah. there's the whole situation with leipzig apparently he's now come out and said he wants to leave for leipzig um which obviously tris the, the president says he has no intention of letting that happen so watch this space this is going to be an interesting transfer i think i mean i can't see them they've got no under no obligation to let him go and we have to pay a fee a substantial fee to get him back in my opinion so i don't know what the difference is i think we'll probably only make a slight profit on it anyways but i don't know the whole thing's so ridiculous but we'll have to see how that one unfolds but i'm excited for not necessarily for the start of the season because i think the most of our deals will happen after the season has started i think the striker and the winger will need we need will not happen until late in the window but I'm excited with how we're making moves and that we're focusing more on youngsters, obviously the likes of SA and Ferguson that have yeah. already joined. It's encouraging to see and that we're, with, with the, this Amer- South American network as well, even if it doesn't work out that well, it is forward thinking. And I think given time, there's a lot of talent out there, as we all know. So, mm. I mean, this, this new forwards, this new forward, I mean, apparently the City group will link with him as well, which if that's true, then, you know, you'd like to think he's a decent player. Yeah, well, I'm telling you, that Evan, Evan Leeson, Evan Nielsen, whatever his name is, his stats, he, last season, he scored 15 goals in 12 games for the under-20s. Under so that's a, that's not a bad stat, that. I mean, yeah, I think he's made I think he's made like, like 24 season, senior appearances in his whole career and has scored nine goals, which is just less than one and three, which for a 20-year-old isn't bad. No, not bad at all. I think no. we're, we're Brazilians now, though. Like, we're, I'm sure like, when, you, when you two are growing up, when you go, wait, this, this Brazilian is the next Ronaldo, you're like, oh, I'm excited. But now, because Brazilians haven't, well, they are still good, don't get me wrong, but sometimes they're more like a Julio Baptista sometimes, <laughs> and they're not very good. I mean, we've, had, we've had a few duff ones over the years, Brazilians. Oh, <laughs> The Nielsen, remember him? Oh, he was yeah, the, yeah. He the yeah. next Rivaldo. Oh, Rivaldo's half cousin, I think. It was awful, <laughs> absolutely woeful. But yeah, I mean, I mean, Brazil, they they, they do they do um, have some amazing talent out there. It's just it's just finding them, isn't it? That's the problem. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you've had your fair share of Brazilians over the years, haven't you, Dan? <laughs> A couple, yeah, yeah, we had a couple. Eh? Not, not as bad as that. I don't think the ones he just mentioned. Fabio Avelio was one of our worst. He was also a legend, so I don't mind him. Julio Baptista. Anything he done was score four at Anfield. Scores four against us. Hang on a minute, yeah. Yeah. Your bad, your bad players are the habit of scoring four against us. I don't know. Even I've Shavin done that. Shavin, was... yeah, that was what I was thinking of. Yeah. What? I mean, I still remember that game. What an unbelievable game that was. I mean, I watched that yeah. on YouTube a couple of weeks ago. Uh, in the whole 90 minutes and Arshavin even though he scored four goals that game he was absolutely atrocious he couldn't <laughs> pass it was awful and every time he shot he went in it was terrible John speaking about your young lads with goal scoring records the young kid at Arsenal is on his way out that Balogun yeah his, his yeah. goal scoring record in the junior level is ridiculous I know I know um, I must admit I, I, I don't know much about him but I know that a lot of the Arsenal scouts that um, have now been sacked or whatever they're not very happy yeah. going. Um, no. I, I must admit, I don't know much about him apart from he scores a lot of goals. Yeah, a lot of goals. He scored like over a goal a game in the under 18s Premier League, as they call it. And mm. um, I, I did a thing on him today, and he got off to one of the Premier League clubs by the looks of it, like a mid to low table. But he has scored some serious goals. Like. Yeah, I mean, he's only young as well. He's only 19, 20, so he scores goals. Just think, unfortunately, I mean, I'd love to, I'd love to keep him. I'd love to keep youngsters from the academy. But I think with our, with our with our choices up front, 
That's it, yeah. I mean, I mean, it would have been if a Bamiang stays, of course, you know, but um, even in Ketia and Martinelli, you know, is he going to get that much game time? Um, yeah, and he probably knows he's very well playing football, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, and fair play to him, you know. I mean, I, 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 I respect that because some some youngsters and players they'll go, well, I could just stay here and mm-hmm. earn money and play for Arsenal, where he wants to go. Do you know what? I want to go and prove myself, and I've you know fair play to yeah. the lad. If he does that, and you know, he, he, by all accounts, he's an absolute star. So hopefully, you know, I'm sure I'm sure he'll go to Chelsea, and we'll sign him in about 50 years' time. <laughs> <laughs> well, if he's going to Chelsea, if he's a young player going to Chelsea, I doubt he'll do that well there, given their history. And <laughs> <laughs> Liverpool in a few years' time, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's uh, there's increasing confidence that Aubameyang is going to sign a new deal. I think so. I think a, a loan away would probably be the best move for him. Yeah, I mean, and with Aubameyang, I mean, if someone wasn't to come in for him, and he'd be he'd have got he'd have gone by now, wouldn't he? Surely, because uh, you'd imagine so. Yeah. You know, whoever wants him would come and get him now, so he can he can train with the squad, and he can, they can blend him in. But the longer it goes on, the more I think. I mean, by the sources I've got, it's a done deal. We're just waiting for they're waiting for it to to announce it. But knowing Arsenal the way I do. We won't announce it until the first game of the season. That's what we like. I don't know why we've announced things so late. But um, oh, yeah, Aubameyang's got to stay. Oh, oh, well, we, without him, as I said earlier, I think I think last season, if without his goals, we'd have finished 17th, I think. Oh, that's silly like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, so moving on. I mean, we can't go a show nowadays without talking about the biggest transfer story i guess you could say of the of even though there's only been two shows that's happened but the biggest transfer story of the window by far the whole messy snarga particularly is you weren't here to talk about it before dan mm-hmm. apparently apparently this, he's got has a release clause of you ready for this 700 million euros well, i mean to be fair that's not how much i mean it's a case of if that money is paid they have to they have to accept the offer yeah. it's not that that's 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 the minimum price it has to start at but you'd like to think they probably wouldn't listen to anything less than that even if messi is is forcing to leave but yeah dan since you haven't had a chance to talk about it yet i mean do you have any thoughts on the whole scenario um god yeah where do you start really i'd like i'd like to start by saying he is the best footballer i've ever seen and on from that i can't see him leaving the club at all. I can't see him leaving Barcelona. That's partly because he's been there forever. I think the situation will get resolved one way or the other. He'll probably get what he wants in terms of the president. He'll get the guy he wants in. Yeah, there's been, there's been talk of him. There's been talk of him seeing out the, the end of this window. Yeah. Uh, the end of this next season, and then he'll get his move. And then he'll get his move free, obviously. But by then, I mean, it sounds absolutely mental to say because the the fella. Like I've already mentioned, the best I've ever seen and can do things with football that, you know, I've not, I've not seen before. But by, by the end of the season, he's going to be 34, I imagine, pushing 35. Yeah, 34 in June. Yeah, Yeah. do you really want to be signing him at that point? I mean, probably for like the commercial value, but in terms of football, certainly if you're a Premier League club, do you, do you actually want to sign someone at that age then? Probably not. If you're going to get him, it would be now for like one and maybe two seasons worth. If he's going to go anywhere, it's going to be City, which pains me to say, but it will be because they're the only ones who can afford and would be willing to afford them ridiculous wages and transfer fee, etc. So, yeah, it's I don't think he'll leave. Hand on heart, I don't think he'll go. I think it'll be resolved without him having to go anywhere because Barcelona aren't going to let him go for free like he wanted to right now. They're going to make someone pay probably 700 million, which no one, even City, won't do that, I don't think. Do you think I'll take do you think I'll take seven hundred million and one pound? <laughs> I'm waiting for the ridiculous Arsenal offer. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, I saw a tweet or something like that Arsenal offered him 20 million plus 18, 18 million Niles or Reese Nelson or something like that. <laughs> I was like, that made me laugh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously there's the whole Guardiola link with City as well, which needs no explanation. I think with the Messi thing will be, I mean, Johnny mentioned that he, you didn't think he was going to leave. I didn't agree with it at the time, but I think as it's gone on more, I think I am leaning more towards it. I think it'll be one of those um, situations where it just, it just drags throughout the whole window and it will eventually be a non, there'll be a non-resolution um, or like a resolution in principle to leave yeah. afterwards. I don't know. Yeah, I think... Yeah, with, so, well, sorry Dan. Um, with, with 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 Messi as well, like because if he comes out and he wants to leave, he doesn't he doesn't class himself as a Barcelona player anymore. It'll be interesting when fans go back to the new camp. What kind of what yeah. kind of what what he'll get? Will he get? Will he still get? You know, will he get booed? And that that that, that could change the whole the whole thing, couldn't it? Because he goes playing there. I imagine they'll still love him because yeah. they love him, don't they? Yeah, no, yeah, it'll be painful if he gets booed. Imagine that. If you pardon the pun, it's a very messy situation, regardless of whether he stays or not. Because <laughs> the fact is, it, looks, it looks like he wanted to go right now, and that's not good. You know, that is not a good situation. So, I do think it'll get resolved and he'll stay. He might just see out this season and then leave. But the whole the whole thing isn't good. Isn't not a good look for a club like Barcelona as well. It, it's really poor. Yeah. I mean, it almost, it almost reminds me of a certain uh, Wilfred Zaha, the situation where the whole thing goes on. Maybe he'll hand, officially hand in the transfer request on the last day or something. <laughs> and, I mean, will he stay? Will he stay this year? Uh, well, the, the problem, I mean, he, it's clearly he wants to, we've discussed before on the show, he clearly wants to leave, but I can't see anyone actually coming in and paying the money we want. I think probably the best thing would be to sign a new contract that has a reduced release clause. Um, right. So that, I mean, because, I mean, he is still 27 years old, so he is coming into his prime. So he has still got a couple of years left in him for him to get his move. But I think the thing as well is he doesn't want to, he doesn't want, unless he's to get Champions League, he doesn't want to leave London if he can afford it. So there's there's, there's yeah. so many little things that have to go right for him to leave. And I just can't see them all being linked, uh, met this year, particularly with the price. Oh. Does, you know, does, does Easy or Eze not play in the same position as him? Um, he, he, he plays more of a, like a, as an as an inside left player. Like, he starts out wide and then sort of cuts in, whereas Zaha likes to stay out wide and whip the ball in, and then sometimes cut in from, from when he actually scores. But Eze's more of like a... more like a number 10 winger hybrid. Right. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, yeah I've, I've, seen bits, I've seen bits of both, obviously. Probably a lot more of Zaha. But from, from my recollection, they just seem very similar footballers to me. They're very similar style. Yeah, they're very, they're very, you know, they're very tricky. They have their, they're very naturally talented. And I think they will get, I'm glad they'll get at least a season or at least half a season to link up together. Because I think they could do, I think Eze will benefit a lot from Zaha as well. I think he can learn a lot from him. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, with, with Eze, I mean, I've seen that he's, he's a decent player as well. And I think because he, he's got a lot, a lot of talent. Do you think it might bring uh, Zaha down a peg or two? I'm good, but maybe I'm not this new kid. He's actually quite decent. So I bet well, I mean, it depends. I don't think he'll, well, I say hit the ground running. I think he'll still do well, but I don't think he'll quite be Zaha standard straight away. I think it will take him a bit of time to adapt to the surroundings, but I get what I get what you're saying. I think if he does do well enough, Zaha might think that you know. Well, I, I mean, might encourage him to do better because I think ultimately, if we want to sell him, we've got to get him back to his best that he was before this season because this season has been poor by his standards. I think we can all agree I on that. Wasn't he this year, Zaha? Well, I think I think the main problem is is we've lost so many of our other attacking threats, the likes of Batshuayi, Loftus Cheek, and the ones that we do have like Andros Townsend have just dipped so much in yeah. in this season. Yeah. And I think because he's our only attacking threat, 
defenders just pile four players on him and mark him out of the game and that's how they beat us a lot of times Southampton did the exact same thing when they came to Selhurst and that's all and then it works so that's ultimately why he hasn't done as well as he had before because but I think he will do better this season because now he's got they've they've got that extra threat to worry about an Eze where you think you've dealt with one and the other comes around the corner so I think that will help definitely yeah definitely definitely a threat them to Zaha always worries me whenever we play Palace because you can do something out of nothing and mm. Eze seems similar yeah yeah hopefully what I'm hoping is that First of all, I hope the football will improve because it's no coincidence that the football's gone downhill since Loftus-Cheek left because Roy hasn't had a player like that since he left, that that extra creativity in the middle of the park. And I think Eze will provide that. And I think that the comments he's made suggests that he wants him to play. He wants him to give him the freedom of that of of that part of the pitch and just let him do his own thing, even if he starts yeah. him out wide, which is really encouraging because that's what he needs. And the other thing as well is that I think it will just. I hope it just gets some excitement back into the into the club as a whole, both on the pitch and for the fans and stuff. Because I think he is a very exciting player, um, and him and Zaha together could be exactly what we need for at least a season while we while we look at finding a replacement. So yeah, apart from that, the transfer window has definitely exploded. Just to name some deals that have happened today, Van der Beek is the big one for Man United, joining Ajax for 40 million euros. Slightly less uh, high profile, Matty Cash joining that's Villa from Forest, which I think is a decent signing. I was impressed with him a lot on the cha- in the Championship. Timothy Castagna, I think that's how you pronounce his name. I'm probably getting that wrong. Uh, to Leicester from Atalanta, right back. So not quite Chilwell replacement yet, but they, I'm sure they'll have him. I forget, I forget who the one they've got lined up is. I forget his name, but uh, yeah, I'm sure he'll be confirmed soon because they still got about 25 million left from him. Still got about half the money. So and the the Wizards, I don't know if any of you have this nominated as the Let's All Laugh at for yours. If which if it is, I'm sorry, I'm spoiling it. But uh, <laughs> the whole Dean Garner situation with oh, West Ham. Stude have a medical at West Brom tomorrow for a deal rising to 18 million pounds so it might not even reach that probably won't even reach that it's I just think it's insane I watched him a lot at West Brom last year I thought he was really impressive I thought he he is similar to Eze they're they're different kinds of players but they're both similarly talented and I think he could make the step up to the Premier League and with West Ham, with the situation they're in, with how skint they apparently seem to be, I mean, you'd think they'd want to rely on their academy players as much as possible. And I know they've been linked with Ben Rama, but as good as he is, and I think he would do well in the Premier League, if you've got a wing already at the club, I mean, they're going to be in net loss because if he's going to cost them at least 20 million, I mean, it, the whole thing just smacks of dodgy business dealings to me. Oh. I know Will Salthouse, the agent, has been involved at Palace a lot in the past and is now getting involved with, with the, the, you know, the... The people at West Ham, it's it's hot. It's just a crazy situation. Uh, West Ham, I mean, um, I go I go West Ham quite a lot with my with my stepdad, and you know they're they're a passionate bunch, West Ham, and um, you know, and the, and the board, they're 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 a bit of a joke themselves. I mean, they've been in the uh, is it four years they've been in now the new stadium, is it three four years, it's something like that, isn't it? 2016, they moved in, yeah, so it'll be four years. Four years, and they was like, we need to move into the stadium to 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 kick on, and you know, sign decent players, and now they're. I'm sure you know what that sounds like, don't you? Yeah, and then they come out with a statement saying, you know, we need to we need to invest in our youth so we so we can stay up. And he's and and you would have one of your star academy. It doesn't make that doesn't make any sense to me. If I was West Ham fan, mm-hmm. I know a few of them, and there's a few West Ham uh, forums on Facebook, and uh, they are fuming, and like, rightly so as well because you know he's a, yeah. he's a he's a talent, and you know West Ham were were very lucky to stay up last season. Let's be honest. And you know if you're going to lose one of your one of your bright sparks, you know they're going to struggle. Next year, especially with no fans as well, they're going to really struggle West Ham. And um, yeah, playing championship football in two years' time could be a nightmare for them. Like, like George touched on there, it's just a really strange deal, for my opinion, because they're after a winger, or they need flair in that in that part of the field, in my opinion. So they're selling they're selling Dean Garner, who's 
quite, I don't know how young he is exactly, but he's younger than Ben Ram from Brentford. And mm-hmm. they sell, they give him a six-year contract last year, and now they're selling him to a rival in West Brom. Because let's face it, they're both going to be down there in, in one way, shape, or form. And and then they want to sell him and then bring in a very similar player who's slightly older for more money. Doesn't make any sense. Oh, it's, oh, it's, <laughs> when you put it like that, it's ridiculous, isn't it? It's just, it's ridiculous. Just, yeah, and that's just West Ham all over. I mean, they're just. Oh, yeah. I can't, and like I say, not forget the him and, and the Ben Rama thing. Like, they're selling to a rival. I don't know where West Ham think they're going to be, but they're going to be quite near West Brom. Uh, exactly, yeah, they are. It's just, it's just crazy. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I mean, not too much needs to be said uh, about West Ham. I mean, <laughs> in, a, in a sense, um, in terms of the not spending, I mean, they've spent so much over the past two years. You can understand why they wouldn't have that much left, particularly as... With the, the, the whole Haller situation, apparently they still have outstanding payments to be made there. Yeah, at least £30 right. million. Pounds. Yeah, it, it's mental. And also as well, the players they've sold, like a Jetty and and players like that, they've made, and Hugh Gill as well, they've made a massive loss on. So the whole thing just stinks of no forward thinking, no plan, no... I mean, that's the thing. Ultimately, now that the, the owners have got their move to the stadium, they just want to get out as soon as they can. But I think they've got a clause somewhere in their contract saying that it's going to cost them more to sell if they sell now. So unless a substantial... Unless a substantial bid comes in, it's just a case of holding things out until they can sell the club, basically. Yeah, and, and yeah. the recruitment at West Ham over the past even past four years, you know, they spent a lot of money in that that one summer. They bought that Faguli, remember Sofian Faguli? They bought yes. Zaza in. They bought some proper bad players in, and, um, <laughs> and I think none of them, I think none of them players they bought are still there now. To be honest, I think they're they're all gone. Yeah, it's it's a very very um it's a weird situation. They're a weird weird club, West Ham, and yeah, to sell. Getting to, to a rival, just well, just it's, it's mind blowing, really, isn't it? They've yeah, become I'll... a weird club since they moved from Upton Park. I quite like West Ham, Upton Park. I think they had they had an identity and they had something about in them. Yeah, yeah, it was it was, it, was, it, was a, it was a nice place to go to. You had Upton Park yeah. as a away fan. You know, the, the fans are it was close to the stadium. It, it was sorry, close to the pitch. It was you know it was quite a quite a, the atmosphere was intense. Yeah, it gave West Ham, as a team, something about them. But now, they just seem to be a bit of a nothing club all of a sudden. Yeah, they are, absolutely. And I mean, I go there quite a lot, as I say, with my stepdad. And, you know, you're so far away from the pitch, you need binoculars sometimes. And it's, um, yeah. you know, and the atmosphere's not the same. You know, kind of like the Arsenal, really. Like, you get the people that, you get your diehards that still go. You know, the 30-odd thousand, they still go. But then you get a lot of a lot of fans that are just going for a day out. And they're not there, mm. for, they're there to sing. And... The, tour, the you know the, the tourist fans that don't just go there buy a program buy a burger for 25 quid and go home yeah i mean a lot of a lot of Palace fans aren't that aren't that sad at the west ham scenario because of the you know the the that's why i say the rivalry but like the the fights fell on social media i can't say i'm one of them i don't like seeing any club being run like that especially when i know what that's like the past couple of windows that's not signing players so i know exactly how it feels and it's not nice waking up every day and going online checking your club news and just seeing seeing it progressively getting worse and worse it's never nice yeah. newcastle and west ham are in a competition who could be the biggest joke i think, they're both, <laughs> I think if, one week it's like no, you, it's your turn you can do it this week and then next week we'll do it well, Newcastle like, look like they might. I mean, they, they're, they're apparently talking to Fraser. They might be selling Ryan Fraser soon on a free, which I know he had a bad end at Bournemouth, but I still think on a free transfer is a decent signing. Yeah. And also Callum Wilson as well. Yeah, apparently Matt Rich might be going the other way. So they, at least they look like they might be doing some at least somewhat positive business. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Shame we don't have Andrew on to talk about that, but <laughs> I'm sure he could shed some light on how much worse his club is than West Ham, as everyone seems yeah. to have this club. <laughs> but yeah, before we move on, Dan, uh, world on your new signing, Van der Beek? 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> you had me for a second. I thought we'd announce Tiago then. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Just for a second. Just imagine that. It just comes out of nowhere. Like, all of a sudden, on the Liverpool account, it's just announced. Like You know what? I wouldn't be surprised. I remember when we lost the Champions League finals to Real Madrid a couple of years ago. The next day, and I mean, out of nowhere, we announced Fabinho. And it was just... Completely... I remember that, yeah. So, so you never know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, Van der Beek, he's, he's, he's a good player. Let's not, you know, he's a very, very decent player. But is he what Man United need? I think they need no, defence. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. Because they've got so many in there. Yeah, absolutely. It's crazy. Like I mean, Fernandez, Pogba. You know, they've got... It just, he's a good sign. And he probably, he probably will do well. But, you know, you look at their back four. I mean, I've got Man United fan who, who, who thinks Harry Maguire's the best defender since... Um, I don't know, but... You're gone, Shed. me wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I said to him, surely he's a good player and he'll do well, but surely you need to buy, buy a defender or something. Cause you're... Yeah. I mean, Thiago Silva was available on the free. Why not go for him? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's just crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, I think it'll be... I think it'll probably be more the same for me. I don't anticipate them to make top four given how the other teams around them are strengthening. I think it'll be I think it'll be a tight race again. I don't think Leicester will be in the mix again. I think Europa yeah. League will be a bit tougher for them to handle. I think they'll be more around the sort of ninth, tenth area. But yeah, we'll see. So moving on to the Let's All Laugh At. Uh, for those who are new here, this is where we each pick a moment that we found particularly amusing throughout the week. And we talk about a nominated to see who gets, who wins the award. So we'll start with you, Johnny. Uh, have you got anyone? Um, it's not even really been on the news, but um, a, co- a colleague of mine, who's an Everton fan, bless him, he, he I thought, Danny, I'll be, I'll be glad to get your opinion on this. He, he came out yeah. earlier at work and said that Lucas Digne, or Digne, whatever his name is, is, uh, is better than Kieran Tierney. And I, mean, I, I, I just thought, are you, are you absolutely being serious? And he, he was deadly serious. Everton, uh, sorry, Lucas Digne is better than Kieran Tierney, and Everton are going to be pushing him for the top four. That's genuinely genu- oh. what he said. And I was like, I think you need to lay off the drugs, pal, because you are not quite right in the head. Yeah, that's that's mine. It's not, it's not a great one this week, but um, I, I had to share it because I was like, wow, how deluded is that? Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't surprise me one jot, to be honest. The Dini thing, the Dinia thing, though, has been has been around for a while now, and he's an half decent player. And I think when Everton get a half decent player, they they kind of have to glow him up to the highest possible height because. I've heard him compared to Robertson, and I've heard him called the best left back in the Premier League before, let alone anyone else. Yeah, he said that. Yeah, he's best left back in the, in the league, and I was like, Yeah, wow. So it doesn't surprise me. And the top four thing is just just nuts, really, isn't it? <laughs> I did laugh at him. I was, and he was deadly, deadly serious. And yeah, like, it doesn't, doesn't surprise me though. And with, and with Everton like that, they got that um, Rodrigo's coming, who is a, a very, very good player. But when he rocks up at the Everton training ground and goes, so where's T- where's Tony Cruz and Benzema? Oh no, I'm sitting with Awobi and Theo Walcott. Oh, okay. The problem is with the Rodriguez signing is when did he? And I've said this on some other before. When did he last play football regularly? He hasn't done it for so long. Mm. He's going to find the Premier League so difficult. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's mine this week. It's not, it's not a great one, but um, I <laughs> it's all right. It's a bit of an obscure one, but we'll go with it. <laughs> Yeah, what have you got anything, Dan? Mine is an old favourite of ours on here, and we've already touched on the topic loosely, but yeah, I think I know this is going. It's just bringing it back up. It's Jim White. Yep. <laughs> what's, he, what's he done? Um, Jim, Jim White this, yeah. was talking about the West Ham and Grady D and Garner situation, and he basically spent an hour defending his mates David Gold and Sullivan, and basically telling West Ham fans to lay off him. 
and yeah. to get behind the club, the players, the owners, etc. And obviously, as you can imagine, the West Ham fans were fuming with him. And I've seen quite a lot of people, quite a lot of high-profile people on Twitter having a go at him as well. Because but he literally, he was ranting on TalkSport today to tell West Ham fans to leave the owners alone. It was it was outrageous to watch or listen to, Barbara. It was unbelievable. Well, he's, he's, he's something else, isn't he, Jim White? He's, uh, wow. It's just another case. He's so out of touch with everything. He's telling... The fans who spend the money to go and watch West Ham to not have an opinion, essentially. Yeah. Uh, what can you say? Yeah, I mean, it's classic Jim White, isn't it? Classic talk sport. They're saying this because they know they want to get West Ham fans calling in and, you know, they know it's going to be outrageous. Um, it is. It is. But this was a bit more impassioned than that. Yeah, no, I know. I mean, in, in the broadest sense, in the very broadest sense, I understand that in the sense that, you know, the team does still need support and you're still going to get behind them. But yeah. I think a lot of West Ham fans acknowledge that as well. They make it very clear. They do support the team. And they, I've seen a lot of their fans feel, say they feel sorry for David Moyes. It's a case of the, the way the yeah. club is being run. I get that. But yes, yeah, to, to sit there and to get behind the owners, I thought was outrageous. Yeah. And, and you know, with West Ham, we're so from because, you know, the same as, same as Arsenal over the past two years, you, you, you pay champagne money, didn't you, to watch, to watch lemonade football? You know, the owners at West Ham, didn't they have a six year plan a, a few years ago to get yeah. them in the Champions League? Uh, and, and it's obviously not materialised. Yeah, the six year plan was to get them into the stadium. <laughs> and then, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, the thing about West Ham is, from hearing from them, because I, I follow a lot of West Ham accounts, and hearing them talk about it, it's like, it's very much an outsider versus insider thing. Because from an outside perspective, you see them spend all this money on players like Halle and Felipe Anderson, and you wonder, you know, well, what the hell are they moaning about? But actually, when you look deeper into it, it's it's the way it's the way the club operates and the priorities that they have, and it's. Mm-hmm. It's it's very much it's very it's so backwards in terms of how a football club should be run and once you take once you take a closer look and peel back the layers a bit you can see the mess that it really is in and obviously people like Jim White haven't got the time or the interest to actually do their research so well yeah that's the problem yeah yeah well speaking of football pundits not doing their research I've been waiting a hell of a long time to talk about this one for my nomination sure you guys have seen going around if you've been on social media you've definitely seen this going around. Jim's friend at Sky, uh, Kaver Solikol. I, I, I'm sure yeah. I've provisioned that's pronunciation, but I'm, I don't care in this shame because he's come out get, accusing Football Palace Twitter, a Palace blogger, Hopkin looking to curl one, H L T C O. I've got his statement up here and I'll read it. It's a shame I've had to put up for a year with targeted abuse and harassment with racist undertones from Crystal Palace fan account HLTCO. My crime was to report last summer what we were told by Wilf Zaha's family and representatives. He wanted to leave Arsenal and Everton, made bids, and uh, sorry, wanted to leave and Arsenal and Everton made bids for him and Palace wanted James McCarthy and Cenk Tosin. Well, first of all, that's exactly why he was calling you out in the first place is because all that turned out to be a pack of lies. <laughs> Palace didn't want the deal. I mean, I'm sure Everton offered the deal, but Palace turned around and said no. That's why he's still here. <laughs> And the whole racist undertones thing. I mean, oh my God. First of all, no evidence presented whatsoever. Still hasn't come forward and shown any of his tweets that have been racial. You know, it's just, I mean, we see this a lot in football. The people who just, it's it's just, it's it's so it's so blatantly untrue. It's so very much playing the victim to benefit himself and covering up for his for his lie that he knows he's been lying about. And Jim, and then again, yeah. Jim White, our old friend, even came out and defended him, and he got slated as well so so many fan accounts and away from palace came out and defended him and i'm glad they did and honestly i hope he sues for libel because that is that is blatant you know blatant slander and i think he should be yeah that carvey comes across as quite bitter to me on sky sports yeah 100 percent 
don't know what it is about him, but he had a bit of a to do with that Dharma chef as well the other day I seen. And he comes across as something quite bitter and twisted about him sometimes we talk about. He's just it. a magnet for drama and con- contro- controversy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really watch guys Wars news, to be honest with you, because the people on it aren't exactly No, exactly, me neither. That's that's the problem, yeah. there's so many other more reliable accounts, like in places like the Athletic, for instance, as well. Sky are typically the last yeah. people to actually yeah. break this news and they're just breaking tabloid talk a lot of the time as well. So that's I, they've I, got to do stuff like this to get their ratings up. Yeah, I follow that for good Marno on Twitter. He's so reliable. If 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 if, if, if it's gonna happen, he says it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. He's like yeah, yeah. Him, there's a German fellow called Christian Falk as well. He's really good on German stuff in particular, obviously. David Ornstein as well for Arsenal. I mean, you know, he's very reliable. You know, you get some of these. Yeah, obviously, there are some on Twitter that are so unreliable. You like that like Indy Carly. I'm sure you follow him on Indy. Oh God, him. Yeah. <laughs> we could just spend a whole podcast listing these fake accounts, and it's like <laughs> Arsenal. Quite funny Okay. Quite funny. By the way, I'd recommend I'm watching the Wales game in the background. I'd recommend if you get a chance to watch the miss I've just seen. A Finnish fella, I'm not messing, they just missed from about 25 centimetres out. Wow. Oh, man. Never said anything like it. He's hit the post. We're talking, we're talking Scott Dan levels of bad for Chelsea. Much worse. Probably the worst. Wow. It wasn't oh, Timu Puki. I know that. I don't know who it was, but it wasn't Puki. I'm going to get that up now because I have to see that. Yeah. Just, another one I've just thought of my less will laugh at. It wasn't from this week. You might remember it. And um it was it was Paul Lintz, funnily enough. It was about the David Silver statue outside the Etihad. And he said, Do you don't you don't see teams like Arsenal having Thierry yeah, Oh sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I are you serious? I'm saying them statues I see every game. Who are they? Is that, is that Nicholas <laughs> Shamak? I, don't know. I, don't know. I heard that. I was like yeah. God, you're You've been to the Emirates, mate. You're not, you're not, what are you talking about? <laughs> Lessons. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I saw that. I just thought, like, I, I've been to the Emirates once, and even, I didn't even go, I didn't even walk past the statues. I went straight to the away end. I mean, even I know that they're there. I mean, it's Henri and, who's the other one? Well, you got Henri, you got Burkamp, Tony Adams, and Herbert Chapman. Okay. And Julio yeah. Baptista. Yeah, Julio Baptista. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah excellent I mean we haven't got any statues outside of Telehurst unfortunately I think we haven't owned the, owned the land for so long and I don't think that's going to look likely at any point but there's certainly people I mean you know the one that's been thrown around a lot is Julian Sproni the new stand as well being named after him I think that you know he's such a not just in you know I think he holds the record holds the record for the most clean sheets at the club and has just been such a lovely guy owns a restaurant in the area as well so he's very much still a part of the part of the Palace family I've got a family, question on that will he be wearing tracksuit bottoms <laughs> We're going back to Gabor Kiwali now. Yeah, no, uh, that right. was him. Yeah, that was one, him. Well, yeah, no. Did he play in goal against Liverpool? Was that Kiwali as well last year? Uh, he did. Yeah, he was in the game at the Anfield, the four-three. I, I, I said in that game if Guaita had been fit, I'm, I, we would have won that game. Yeah, that was a bad we, game. Wasn't it? I mean, that first goal we was scored that, was, was. Was that Spironi? Was it? That was Spironi, yeah, he made that mistake. Yeah. But I mean, to be yeah. fair, Wayne Hensley makes it every single week and he kept a clean sheet against Spurs in the FA Cup the next week. So I don't hold yeah, it against him at all. Wales, yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that first goal that we scored um, with Andros Townsend was unbelievable. About 20 passes or something. That's like easily the least Roy Hodgson goal we've ever scored. <laughs> and it was at Liverpool. <laughs> like, you haven't lost at home since since we beat you there back in 2017, ironically. And we went and we yeah. go back playing like that. It was unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Tim, there's a question for you. Because um, a friend of mine uh, on Facebook earlier, he's got a, um, a signed Wilfred Zaha um, away shirt with Black Lives Matter on the back. It's, it looks oh, really smart. Nice. But um, yeah. 
is he the best player ever to play for Crystal Palace? Because that's what he said. He said the best player to ever wear a Palace shirt. And I just want to get your opinion on that. Because is, is he? Like, I mean, of all the players that have ever played for Palace, including Antonio Lombardo, who, is, who was awesome. Is yep. he the best player? Well, we haven't had too many world class. We haven't had too many class players, to be fair. So I don't blame him for saying that. Um, I think he certainly has to be in my lifetime. I mean, Attilio Nabardo was slightly before my time, so I can't include him. But I think when you compare, I mean, again, the likes when he's up against the likes of Lombardo and Ian Wright as well. I think it's got to be between one of those, one of those three. But I think that. I'm, I, I, I don't really swing either way on that one, to be honest. I can understand why people are saying it. And yeah. obviously a lot of the younger fans are saying it, particularly who haven't experienced the old, the older players. Mm. But at the same time, it is a very bold claim. So <laughs> I don't really want to comment either way on that one. But he is certainly the best Palace player in modern era, I think. And it'll be a big shame to see him go, even though, even if you can argue that we've got to move on from there. But yeah, getting this back on topic, of the three that we've nominated, which one, I think it's close between mine and Dan's. I'm not sure yeah, which one I want to go for. So, Johnny, what do you think? Um, Jim White is such a role in something else, isn't he? Um, <laughs> I think, as a fan, I'm not a West Ham fan, but if I, if, if you said that about Arsenal, I'd I'd be livid. So I'd have to go for Jim yeah. White, I think. Because okay. it's just an outrageous thing to say, I think. That's, um, can't we all, let's all laugh at him, but it's all kind of, but yeah, that's, I'd vote for that. I mean, the, the Kobe Solikov one is, it's, it's, well, if he's lied, then he, he can be sued, can he, for, for liable? If he's lied yeah, I hope, I hope he is, because, you know, I mean, ultimately it's a money thing. He's got so much more money than, I mean, he's yeah. only been, Dan's only been recently able to, because he's raising his kids as well. He's only just been able to start doing this full time because of his Patreon donations. So I hope it, it'll probably have to be crowdfunded, and I hope it is if he wants to go down that route, because, yeah. yeah. In, in a few weeks' time or a couple of months' time, if he does go to court and, and what have you, and, you know, he has to pay, then we, then you could do this, and it definitely be less will laugh at Kovic Solikov, because he's he lost his lost his claim, but yeah, huh. for me, yeah, I think he's got to be the Jim White because it's it's just not worthy thing to say. Oh, well, I, I, I don't know how he gets airtime anymore. Jim White, he's a dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the second time he's won this award, so good on him. Possibly yeah. the biggest, possibly the biggest honour of his life. <laughs> Okay, excellent. So yeah, that's about all we've got time for. Thanks for listening to this episode. Uh, be sure to drop us a like and a follow, whatever platform you're on. You can find us on YouTube and Spotify at Let's All Laugh At A Football Podcast, as well as Twitter at LALA underscore podcast. Be sure to check out Dan's work on Last Word on Sport and Extra Time Talk and Read Liverpool. Uh, be sure to check out Life's a Pitch. Uh, check out our social media, links in the description as always. Thanks to Dan and Johnny for joining me. Thanks for listening and we'll see you guys next time. Take care.